And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. I am joined as always by Scott Powers of The Athletic. Uh, Scott, how you doing? Good. I missed you. I know, right? I, I I hope everybody enjoyed the thoughtful, intelligent, learned conversation uh, of deep hockey analysis last week with Daryl Belfry, because you're getting none of that today because I'm back. I, it was very much a one-way conversation. Like, I just asked Daryl a question let him speak for like 15 minutes. So it was, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure there was much intelligence being spewed on this side <laughs> of it. It was just, it was... Yeah, no, it was great. You know, Daryl, I obviously I love Daryl and uh, thankful for him coming on. And um, but yeah, it's been it's good to have you back. And um, yeah. yeah, I was listening to that. I was driving through Alligator Alley listening to that one, and it was uh, it was keeping me awake. So I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the it's the only time that you probably listen to the podcast. Like I just I, it I, is. I, yeah, yeah. There's no way I'm listening. <laughs> Every now and every now and then it pops on in the car because I like you know I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll click on it just to just to make sure it's like working. And uh, so we'll get in the car with the kids and it'll automatically pop on because it's the last thing I had turned on. And I listen to everything at 1.5 speed. And yeah. you cannot listen to me at 1.5 speed. That's what I've learned. <laughs> I, I I think you started. I, I, I listen to everything at 1.5 speed now, too. And I think it's, it's the best. It, it's uh, the only time it's challenging is like when, when I'm listening to like Irish podcasts or just, you know, speak with <laughs> it's. Uh, but yeah, I've, got, I've gotten so used to it, too. It's like it's the only way I can listen to things. I, and, I, uh, speaking of Irish, I, I finally saw Belfast. I was in Florida. Oh, yeah, I was at my mom's great, yeah. place and we watched Belfast. Uh, you, you know how every every old person's TV has that weird smoothing thing that they never turn off that flat thing. 
Uh, (laughs) It's hard to describe. If you know what I'm talking about, I know I'm not alone because it's all over the internet. If you know what I'm talking about, it's so much worse with a black and white movie. Like it felt like it was like watching Dennis the Menace or something. It had no depth to it whatsoever. But the movie itself was really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoyed that. Um, I, I, I. I can't stand the the sound of my own voice. Like it, it's, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I, uh, uh, if I hear it, like even you know, like Ben Pope sometimes will, uh, you know, during the press conferences, he'll pull up a quote and he'll start listening to it on his phone. And and if it was my question, like I just, I screech, like it just, it just, <laughs> it just, it bothers me so much. Like it just, um, yeah, I don't know what it is. I, there, who, who's the one actor? Was it? Um, there's one actor that who, who's that same way too. Like it was, uh, he left a. Uh, he was doing an interview with NPR or something. Um, was it Jared, Jared Leto? Is that his name? He's a little bit of a crazy guy. Um, but yeah, he he's the same way too. Like they they he started playing like his his clip and and he just left the interview. And I don't think he came back at all. He's such um, a method actor. Oh my yeah, god, he's so lost method, in the role. I'm a method podcaster, so I. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure it's Jared Leto. I don't think that's the right guy. Who am I thinking? You, of? Scott, you can't kick open a, an anecdote here and not know who you're talking about. This is very unprofessional. No, I think it's Jared Leto. Yeah, I'll, I'll get back. Yeah. I, I think we I'm live right. in a society, Scott. Oh, Andrew Adam Driver. I think oh, Adam Driver. He's he does have a weird voice. He's got an interesting timbre to his voice. He's a yeah. terrific actor, but he's like got a he's got a strange kind of uh, like a, he's got he's a, that I think that's what helps him is he's kind of got a unique voice that helps him with his roles. They're, they're both in House House of Gucci, so I think I got it uh, <laughs> mixed up. So I did I did not see House of Gucci yet. Yeah, I watched it on a on a flight. It was I, uh, I saw the trailer for that movie. 3,000 times, and there was only so much Lady Gaga doing that voice I could handle. So yeah. I'll get around to it eventually. Yeah. Um, so hockey. Um, so yeah, like the Blackhawks are terrible. Everything's awful. <laughs> so let's talk retired numbers. That's what this is what I really want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I, I think that, I think this is the conversation for today. It's uh, I, the two things I want to talk about was season tickets. The Blackhawks kind of walked uh, walked us through, writers through it the other day, and and the retired numbers with with Hosa and they're, they're certainly milking Marion Hosa for all they can get right well, now. Well, this right? is this like, is what this is what I want. Like, look, Marion Hosa is probably I, I, my ten seasons covering the Blackhawks. Marion Hosa is probably my favorite player to watch. I love the guy as a player. He is absolutely deserving of having his jersey retired. He certainly was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I do not mean to besmirch the name of Marion Hosa here. He's a guy, he's a one of the nicest guys I've ever dealt with, even if he's kind of an alien who doesn't live on this planet sometimes. Uh, I have stories about that. He just lives in a different world than the rest of us. But he totally deserves to have his number hanging from the Raptors. That said, if the Blackhawks were good right now, would they be retiring Marion Hosa's number? This well, I, feels like they need things to get people excited about. Because yeah. if you look at the history, their history of retiring numbers, and I get this is a new regime. That could be part of it, too. They're just yeah. open. But Marion Hosa, he's not the guy I would have thought would have been a sure thing to get his jersey. His best years were in Ottawa and Atlanta. Like, he, he was a, a huge, the greatest free agent signing in Chicago history. He's a huge part of those cups. They don't win without him. I get all that. He deserves it. But they also probably don't win because of Nicholas Jarmelson and Patrick Schoen. This like, is what I, I'm saying, yeah. So, I, I, I was going through this yesterday, and I, um, just looking at even, I, I guess, the advanced analytics of those teams and who were the best players, like, like, the, like, there's a perception of players, right? Like, it's like, you know, like, I think Host is perceived to be a better player th- than Sharp was because... Because um, the way he played two ways, the way they played on the top line, but when you look Sharp at is a end, really good two way player. Well, I know, but I'm just saying, like I, I guess Holster just had this perception where we started talking about uh, with him with Selkie and stuff like that. Right. You know, like he's just we, he, he got elevated. But when you look at the numbers and the, the actual 
impact to those teams. I mean, Sharp arguably had a bigger impact at times, yeah. you know? Um, and, and John Wilson, certainly, when you look at the analytics defensively. Um, and, uh, yeah, I it's it's odd because I think Mary Hosea as a whole, you know, like the complete player of his entire career, he's worthy of the Hall of Fame. He's worthy of having his number retired if you're basing it on the whole, you know, I guess the whole picture. But when you're talking about his time with the Blackhawks, while it's it's really, really good, and, and he certainly was important in those teams that what he brought to the team, um, you know, from, you know, in and outside the locker room. But, um, yeah, I don't know how much how, how much you can differentiate what he did than, than Sharp or Jarmelson. And, um, you know, we, we certainly thought Kane and, 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 and Taves and Keith and, and Seabrook are probably going to be retired. Um, but now also opens up the conversation that I, if I'm Sharp or I'm Jarmelson, like, why not me? You know, like right. how this, yeah. those, those are, you know, Jarmelson was drafted by the Blackhawks with the organization forever. Sharp was, you know, was there during the bad times and stuck yep. with them and, and was a very consistent, you know, 20, 30 goal scorer for so long. And, um, and certainly Sharps continue to have a large, like, I, I feel like they've set up Hulsa, like we, you know, Hulsa talked about last night, you know, wanting to do something with the organization and Sharp. Uh, you know, Sharp was in an advisory committee along with Hosen. Sharp's done games. Like, I feel like he's a bigger piece to the Blackhawks, too, especially with his career ending, that it would make sense. So, yeah, I, I wonder if, yeah, maybe this is the first of many retirement ceremonies we get in yeah. the coming years. I mean, I, I thought for years, and I've talked about this ad nauseum, about how there would be some kind of banner for the court, for the seven three-time Stanley Cup champions, for Kane, Taves, Keith Seabrook, Jomerson Hosa, and Sharp. Like there would be some kind of banner for them. Maybe even Joel Quenville's on there if we can, you know, if 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 this was before all this stuff happened. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, I and I thought that Keith Kane and Taves would have separate actual individual jerseys retired because they're the three Hall of Famers, right? They're the three Blackhawks Hall of Famers. Marion yeah. Host is a Hall of Famer, but he's a Hall of Famer because of the total pitch, like you said. Um, so, so I, now this this really does like I don't know how you don't retire every single one of those seven guys. Corey Crawford's in the picture now. How do you retire Marion Hosa and not retire Chris Chelios? If you're talking about that whole picture that you're talking about, people say, well, he had some of his best years in Detroit. Well, so what now? He's a Hall of Famer and he played a big role for the Blackhawks for years, eight, eight nine years, whatever he was here for. How do you not retire his number now? How is Steve Larmer's number 28 not retired? His whole career was with the Blackhawks, save for the, the, the one year he played with the Rangers. He played 900-something games, never missed a game, was more than a point-a-game player. How do you not have him up? Jeremy Roenick, okay, another flawed guy, but if you look at the numbers, he was one of the most you know uh, uh, prolific individual performers in Blackhawks history. How do you not put Jeremy Roenick up now? The, num- the number of numbers that could go up there now because you put hosts up there is just massive, and maybe that's what they want to do. They want to have a lot of ceremonies. They want to have a lot of reasons to drive uh, fans to the arena over the next couple of years. And that's fine, I guess. I get that. And again, none of this is meant to besmirch Hosa. He be- he does belong in the rafters, but the Blackhawks had it's such more about a the run quantity of, of that, that, right. that it brings. Right, the like Blackhawks just- had such a that you can like like every member of the 1970s Pittsburgh Steelers is in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Right, every member of the 1980s New York Islanders is hanging in the rafters. Clark Gillies and Bobby Nystrom, guys that aren't like mega Hall of Fame superstar type players are are hanging from the rafters. You can do that with the Blackhawks. That era deserves it. I get that. But now you have to do that. And then retroactively, you have to look back at, well, we've been notoriously stingy. Why isn't Doug Wilson? He's in the Hall of Fame. Is is being a Hall of Famer now the bar for Jersey retirement? Because then you got to get Doug Wilson's up there. Like there's so many guys now that you have to look back in history and say, all right, well, if, 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 if and I don't want to say lowered the bar, but if we've opened the door now to more than just 
the greatest of the greatest of the greatest, then there's like 15 guys waiting in line that got to get up there, right? It's odd because when John McDonough and they were all here, that it was just, it seemed like such a different mentality where we certainly asked questions about Larmer and all these people. And you just, you got met, you know, like it was just, they they didn't seem interested in doing it, you know, like they they, they never tried to put any of those players down. But you, you certainly thought of it as this, you know, like this another level of consideration that they just weren't putting those play, people through and they just didn't meet those expectations or meet that criteria. And, um, and yeah, maybe some, you know, some of this may just be with the change of, you know, Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner and um, and I, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's inter- like, I'm curious who's next, you know, like it, I think. It's at this point, you know, you know, Sharp, Jarmelson, those guys are their yeah. careers are done. But they, really... they just had a Jarmelson night and they didn't retire his jersey. Right. And, and, and so. it's when it makes me think that Jarmelson may not be in that category. And that's bullshit. I, and frankly, that's bullshit. Like you can't retire Marion Hose's jersey and not retire Nicholas Jarmelson. Yeah. He was every bit as important, if not more important to those teams. He was a huge part of those teams. I feel like it's all perception, right? Like some of it's like it was just Hosa was put in this different yeah, this another sphere, and I, and I yeah, it was just yeah, everyone's. I feel like, like the- Mir- Mir- Mirren hosts like when during Taves' thousandth game ceremony, um, it, like he got a louder applause than than anyone. You yeah. know, like it's just well, he's it, beloved, and he's like he's yeah, got for sure. he's like unimpeachable too, right? Everybody loves like who doesn't love Marion Hosa? He's you know he. he it's just like, all right, what's the bar? Is the bar that you won Stanley Cups with the Blackhawks? Because there's a lot of those. Is the bar that you have to be in the Hall of Fame? Well, there's still there's there's guys waiting for that. Then if you, you go back to Doug Wilson and all them, there, there's it's the, the, the bar feels like it now. It should be the, the guys that all the guys who won the three cups. Because I think I think what about Corey Crawford? Best goal. This one of the two or three best goalies in franchise history won two Stanley Cups. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, this, I, I this just, is what I, I'm saying. Like the yeah, bar, the, the, I, 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 I feel like I can make that case against more that I can make. Like the three guys who won it. Like I, I think this, the host thing. It feels like you have to put everyone up there that was part of those cups and and all those guys. It's not like there's none of those players. I, I could. Oh, none like of them were passengers. Yeah, they were all yeah, like, main so, yeah, players. Like, so I, I think that's an easy one. The the Larmer one, and then and certainly you know I, I guess just Ronick and. Uh, you know, I think Ronick's thought of differently now, too. I, I, I don't think. And Ronick's time in Chicago was pretty brief, too. He didn't win anything and it was brief and he's not in the Hall of Fame. Like you can argue again. Like I, there are there's a whole generation of Blackhawks fans that are Blackhawks fans because of Jeremy Ronick. You can't discount that. But his time in Chicago, I mean, he was uh, I got it up here. Hang on a second. He was only he's eight years in Chicago. He played 524 games. I mean, he was great at 600 points in those games. But, you know, you can you, I can get the argument against Jeremy Roenick, but I don't see how you can raise Marion Hossa and not almost everybody else I've mentioned so far. Yeah, I, I think I think Larmer and, and everyone else from that the won three cups. I think that's I'd be surprised. You got to get those, Doug Wilson up there, too. And, and Doug Wilson, too. Yeah, well, Larmer and Wilson and then. Everyone who won it, and then ever the, <laughs> I feel bad for the team, the guys and, who all and, left, and and Peter Regan and Kyle Comiskey. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it's an interesting debate because like the Blackhawks, you know, for so long their thing was no, it's 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 super exclusive to do this, and you know when you bring in a guy I, I mean, who spent more than half right, his like, career outside of Chicago, it becomes an interesting discussion. Yeah, and I I I, I don't know necessarily like it was yeah like great you want this to be a special thing, but. I think they were being too stingy with it. Before. Oh yeah, like hundred percent. It, it didn't make much sense to me that they weren't opening that door a little bit more. And um, yeah, like I, I don't know if there was like we never certainly got an answer why not Larmer, but yeah, it, like it's it's confusing. Oh, it's confusing why that they were so stingy about that. And um, 
Yeah, no, no. The, the whole like, I, I feel like Rocky Words has a certain relationship with the host, and there's just, and yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's driven more by, um, a feeling than a than a than yeah. actual criteria, right? Like well, everybody it's, it's loves how, Marion Hosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and yeah, I guess and the, you know, I, I I do think maybe the Hall of Fame thing is the factor. Maybe the fact that he was a first ballot Hall of Famer who, uh, you know, won three cups with the Blackhawks. You put him up there. Then that 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 brings in Doug Wilson to the conversation because he just got inducted into the Hall of Fame, <clears throat> but maybe then you have an argument against the other guys. Well, you know Nicholas Jalmerson and Patrick Sharp, they're not Hall of Famers. I don't buy that because they're no, all on an equal, they're all on yeah. equal footing in Blackhawks history in my mind. Yeah. but I mean maybe that's where they're going to try to draw the line. I don't know. I do wonder. Well, you, know, you know, you know what you know what will be odd is if, if Kane and Taves and Keith and Seabrook and Hosa get inducted, and then. At the twenty-five year reunion, Jarmelson and Sharp haven't been, you know, haven't been like, put up on the rafters. Like, <laughs> Sharp, like Sharp, Sharp was always felt disrespected in that whole generation too. Yeah, he always, this is not going to help his ego. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's an interesting debate because I mean, it, it's such an arbitrary thing. I mean, the jersey number retirement, whatever. Like, and, and every team has different ones. I mean, you've got, you know, some. I know, some, but if you, I mean, if you do if you do some of them and not all of them, like that it, becomes it's, it's going to look that, really weird. That becomes a statement, right? You're you as a team are saying Marion Hosa was more important. Than Patrick Sharp and Nicholas Chalmerson and Brett. Well, Seabrook. It, it's kind of when you. It's a while before all those other guys are done. Keith and Seabrook and well, and, well, that, you know, well, Seabrook is an interesting one to me because a he shares number seven with Chris Chelios, so that becomes an odd little thing. Can you retire Seabrook and not Chelios? But or maybe the, they do both, and maybe they, they've already got two know, number threes. They got Pilat yeah. and Magnuson up there, so yeah, for you sure. can do that. But and maybe they do retire Seth Jones while he's still playing. So there's two fours up there. You know? <laughs> Brett Seabrook is so beloved and uh, and m- almost like mythicized in Blackhawks lore. He wasn't better than Nicholas Jalmerson, and he wasn't better than Patrick Sharp. He wasn't the fourth most important person on that team. Yeah, like if you're really forcing me to rank him, I'm going probably Keith, Kane, Taves are like really hard to interchange. I and think then, like when I was looking at the analytics, I think Taves, like Taves, had some. Ma- oh, Taves was like, a monster. People forget how good Taves yeah. was. Like, like they, they laugh when he was on the all-time 100 list, and you know that he's. I think he's, Taves, like the, Taves, was a the actual, monster. Like, the, uh, the goals above replacement was actually had the most of. He um, was all those a players. monster player, yeah. just an absolute beast, and really skilled too. So you got those three guys; they're like the holy trinity. Yeah. Then you probably have Hosa right after them. Then I'm probably saying Sharp and Jomerson Seabrook. I'm not sure that Seabrook's at the top of that list. So I'm not sure. You know, Seabrook has the legend. Everybody loves him. He was the paterfamilias, all that. But I don't see how you could put him up there and not put Sharp and Jalmerson. They were as good, if not more important. And I don't, I, I don't even the numbers will say that Hosa was a fourth or not. Like there was, like, I don't know if the analytics are going to tell you that or the numbers. People like, will tell you feeling. that Hosa's the, you know, you know, you, you know a lot. You've you, you've done a lot of reporting on this, and I wrote a book about this. And like Hosa's the guy that came in and made the Blackhawks professionals, right? I mean, there's yeah. something to be said for that. Just he came in after having been to the Stanley Cup final two straight years, and he took this ragtag bunch of you know hard drinking twenty somethings and made them professionals like there there are intangibles that you have to it's not just no, expected sure. goals for no for sure but no, seabrook but, had but, that seabrook had a huge role like that jomerson was an inspirational guy sharp was was one of those guys that kept the room light there's there's value in all these different yeah, intangibles. But, but like even thinking like thinking now that we've seen like what caden's lines do you know like it in and kane's defense hasn't you know like it hasn't fallen off that far like i think there's more of a testament to what even sharp did as a two-way player with kane yeah. and how that line um, you know, was 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 responsible and, and, Sharp, and yeah. Sharp is a fascinating guy because he really was a terrific 
all-star level player. He was a much better defender. He was a full-blown, he wasn't Jonathan Taze, but like everything, he was always overshadowed, but he wasn't the scorer that Kane was, but he was a really good scorer. He wasn't the defensive force that Taves was, but he was a really good 200-foot player. He did everything really well, scored a ton of goals, probably should have won the Conn Smythe in 2010. Uh, like there, There's... His resume is very impressive with the Blackhawks, and I think I feel like he's always overlooked. After those top three, I, I think you you can make debates like regarding what what, what it did, I guess depending on what kind of criteria you want to use. Like there's there's an argument for all those players, yeah. and how much value they brought to absolutely, and, and obviously the reason why they won three cups is because all those players were really good. And well, really, how many how really many helpful. teams have seven guys like that? Exactly, that's yeah, how you win so. three cups. But that's that, that's my entire point is by 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 putting hosts up there. You absolutely have to put those other guys up there yeah. and not in some like core banner like I've always been touting. It's got to be individual banners. For well, that, yeah, it's going to look like, like Nassau Coliseum. Banner's with, gone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So I, 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 it, it's an interesting decision that they made because they had to think about this when they make this decision that, all right, well, we're going to have a lot of these ceremonies. And I do think this is the cynic in me. This is just, you know, you know, rain on everyone's parade mark here. But I do think. That if they were good right now, this wouldn't really be happening. Like this feels like a thing where you need to drum up excitement for a fan base that doesn't have a lot to be excited about right now. And that I think that might be as much as anything why there's a change in criteria here. And it's a good change. It's a well. It's a change I welcome. Like these guys should be. Up, you should always honor your history. I, I nobody traffics in nostalgia like I do. You should always be you know talking about your history and playing that up. And there should be more of that at the United Center, statues and all that fun stuff. Uh, but it is a change. It is a notable change in the uh, the mentality of 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 who gets the honor, and you know it's still owned by the Wurtzes. So it's it, yeah, there's different presidents and different CEOs and all that. But uh, it, 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 it's a it's a noteworthy change in the in the mindset of of who gets honored and who does not in this in this organization. And I think we're gonna have a lot of these ceremonies coming up. As much as Rocky Wirtz is the the one common person between the two regimes, like I feel like this has been either been John McDonough is doing or that this feels like it's you know like obviously Jamie you know Danny and. Danny Wirtz and Jamie Faulkner feel like they, this is a lot more their hand in this. Where like I'm sure Rocky Wirtz, like if Johnny, if John McDonough said, "Oh yeah, let's 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 retire Steve Larmer," like they would have done that too, you know. Like unless unless Rocky Wirtz really hates Steve Larmer, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did he did demand a trade out, right? So <laughs> looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24/7 U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, the other part, the other, and I, I guess transition a little bit, and, and something else that does feel like change is is how the Blackhawks are dealing with their season tickets, and um, and this goes kind of hand in hand in, in needing people in the building, and and you know we've seen that fall off 
Um, you know, this year with the, the season, God, it's, it feels so long ago that the uh, the sellout streak ended, but that it was still this season. Um, <laughs> that it was uh, for, for that to end, and and you know, um, we we sat down, uh, media sat down with uh, Jamie Faulkner and um, uh, with uh, Jamie. Uh, why am I blinking his name now? Jamie was it Spencer, right? Um, who uh, I was in Florida. I have no idea. Dude. Yeah, no, I, I get it. <laughs> Um, but they, they had sat down with us to explain um, kind of what, what what they're doing with season ticket holder season tickets going forward and, and how they're having a little bit more uh, flexibility to what they're doing. You know, like they, they, they said that they don't have well, there's no wait list anymore. Like it's completely gone. Like it's, um, you know, like for, for so many years there, they yeah. had. Um, yeah, they, they, I mean, there were they could just, you know, if people fall off, people jumped on. And and now it's um, yeah, there's there's just nobody there and now they need to fill things so they're, they're, they're having a lot of flexibility it was really interesting where um you know i guess having you know, even for me like i had chicago fire season tickets you know three or four years ago and and having flexibility feels like such a thing where i wasn't you know trying to sell on the secondary market and i think that was a big thing for the blackhawks fans in the past where um you know just losing money now just because you, you you can't sell them um but now um I, I feel like the flexibility where you can you can trade games and you can you know like you can pick um you know there's certainly different kind of packages now where i, I think in the past the blackhawks were pretty limited in what they offered fans you know mostly a full season because that's what they could and now right. and now there's you know there's 20 game packs and half seasons and um i think 10 games and five games and um and 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 they also understand like i guess some of the big takeaways they said they heard from fans um i think one was that they heard the tickets were too expensive so um they they started creating more tiers like i think there was uh like they have 32 different color coding basically throughout the whole stadium so like it, they've they've put more of an exact price on specific seats and uh for the most part most of the tickets have gone down a few areas have gone up but um they've put more of um yeah and a lot of those tickets i think they said 93 percent of the tickets have either remained the same or have been lowered so i, I think they've understood that um you know that they, they they heard that season ticket holders want to be more valued. So like they, uh, you know, put more of an emphasis on promotions and um, yeah, just the things that those season ticket holders get and, um, and the text ticket flexibility of trading games out. And, you know, there's, there's games that are certain tiers and we've seen that around sports too, where like there's more important games, but right. um, it, Dyn- it was, yeah, dynamic it was, pricing as they call it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was just, yeah, it was uh, uh, Jamie Spencer was the person. Um, um, but uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting to see that I, I think it was another sign of change too. And some of it's out of necessity right like it's just it, it isn't what it used to be and they need to fill up stands um but also another sign of evolution you know like i feel like this is um this is how season ticket holders are you know being treated uh, in a lot of sports and i think a lot of people and i think this is you know when jamie faulkner's influence you've seen in the broadcasting and and maybe we can even talk about that a little bit i don't think we talked about chris Vosters being hired but um that that you see some more of her stamping put on the Blackhawks and, and some of this, uh, yeah, just how, how they're changing things and how from a year, a few years ago, whether it's whether it's how they're retiring numbers or how they're tre- you know yeah. treating and, and dealing with season tickets to uh, the broadcasting that they're, um, it, it feels like change is, has been implemented a little bit more than it you know we'd seen in the past. Well, I've, I've never had season tickets to anything. Uh, other than like Broadway, oh, yeah? in, other than Broadway in Chicago, which doesn't give you a whole lot of uh, benefits, other than making sure you get seats. But um, like, uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I'm a, a United Platinum and I'm Marriott Lifetime Titanium. I understand that if you put a lot of money into something, 
you feel you should be treated better than your average consumer. Yeah. I get that. That makes sense to me. Like, you know, we, we you know, took the family to Universal Studios uh, while I was on vacation. And, you know, I walked into a hotel that wasn't a Marriott. I had to wait in a line to check in. And oh my the God. room wasn't ready yet. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, what planet are we on? Like, this isn't how I'm normally there, there treated. There are no Marriott's there? Uh, not on not on campus, no. Oh. So, like, it was a very nice hotel. Everything was fine. But it was like I had no special treatment. We were on the first floor. Are you kidding me? So, I get it. Like, <laughs> if you're spending, like, gobs of money, you want special treatment. I know. I, yeah. I, I, it's it's classist. And I don't love it. But it's the way it is. And um, But it's interesting now because season tickets, you know, my brother was a New York Giants season ticket holder for a number of years. And he would sell two of the eight games every year and make all of his money back. So, basically – it would he would upfront the money and then by the end of the season he would have profited on buying season tickets you yeah. can't do that with the blackhawks anymore blackhawks season no. ticket holders did that for years where they would sell a handful of games and you could get so much money on the secondary market that it would just take a huge chunk out of your debt there uh right now yeah, they they lowered prices that's great they should be doing that but you could also but you can only sell them for like 15 20 bucks on the open market so you don't need season tickets because you can get into the building for any game. It used to be really hard to get into the building. Yeah. So if you don't care about things like the special treatment and you don't care about things like, you know, having the same seatmates every game and knowing your community around you in the arena, which a lot of people love, then you can get into the rink for so much cheaper now. So the Blackhawks have to do these things. They have to make it more appealing to you to buy season tickets because – you don't need them anymore. You used to need season tickets because it was the only way you can get in the building. It was certainly the only way you were going to get playoff tickets. And none of that's the case anymore. So the Blackhawks, you know, to their credit, are trying to come up. They're not just saying, you know, we're the Chicago Blackhawks. You know, fuck you. You're going to pay us money. They're trying to meet the the, the meet the fans somewhere in the middle here. And, and I'm curious to see how it works. Because like you said, that waiting list was years long, not that long ago. It's gone now. Yeah. So. You know, these aren't desperate times for the Blackhawks, but it could get that place pretty quickly. I, I went to the the Cubs uh, home opener yesterday, and and like it, it, it was amazing. Like one one what the secondary market is for for the first game, and then is obviously the, the couple of the games after where you can get tickets so far underpriced, I and mean, people are just undercutting each other to, to sell their season tickets. And especially um, when it's thirty five degrees out in April, there's no place, no yeah, colder place it, in the planet than Wrigley in April. I know, but it like it, it felt weird. Like I. Like usually, even the home opener, you know, like it would sell out regardless of what yeah. the weather was. I mean, it was all—it's always crappy weather, and and you know, for most home openers, for it to, to be so few fans there yesterday, um, I feel like in some ways both organizations are, are kind of going through the same thing. Um, you know, the the Cubs have certainly you know peeled back their team in a lot of ways, and um, and, and we're seeing that with the Blackhawks and and rebuilding in some ways. I, I'm not sure the Cubs was as necessary. Where I'm sure if you put up the money to get uh, Baez or or Brian or whomever to back like I think fans would have had a different mindset going into the season but um yeah it, it was uh, I I found a lot of you know just common threads between what those uh, yeah, that secondary market like right now it's 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 easy to get a Blackhawk tickets and it's yeah. it's obviously really easy to get Cubs tickets and certainly a lot more baseball games but um yeah I, I wonder what the you know for for the Faulkner family I'm sure they have these conversations <laughs> too just at the dinner you know, table with, yeah yeah just uh kind of finding ways to uh you wake your way through rebuilds and and when fans aren't into it like it's um yeah it's, it's I'll, really I'll say this Blackhawks fans deserve a lot not to suck up too hard but they deserve a lot of credit this year like they're still 18, 19,000 people at every game for a bad team that doesn't play an exciting brand of hockey. Uh, and, and especially well, you, you, late, I feel like it's been more like it's it's been more interesting like that Strom Kane to bring line I think it's like yeah. it's it's but, but you, you lose Marc-Andre Fleury he was a reason to yeah, come for sure yeah like it's 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 
it's been really – and I don't know how long that's going to last because right now people are coming because, like I said, they couldn't get in the building for years and now they can. It, 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 the, the price has dropped so much that it's opened the, the, the Blackhawks up to an entire new segment of the population. That's great. How long is that going to last? Is that going to last if the Blackhawks are tanking next year, trying to get the top pick? There's a lot of factors. That I, I I wonder how long I think long as long as Kane's there, that there's a certain – Which right? is like why – which is a big reason you keep Patrick Kane, right? Yeah, like, like he's the one person that I feel like you take away Kane, the, the attendance drops. I don't think that happens with Taves or anyone else. You yeah, know? He's, like, he's just, still showtime, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, – and, and ultimately like, he's still the reason a lot of those chances and why there's yep. – Scoring any goals is, is still happening. So, yeah, I, I feel like even if Kane won it out, I'm not sure the Blackhawks would, you know, like, oblige that, you know? Like right. It's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I think so much is tied to that. Otherwise, you're going to have, yeah, have, we'll have even more numbers retired, like 80 numbers retired next season. So, so Chris Vosters, um, I got to listen to the game last night, obviously. I had the Mets on. It was kind of half and half. I was listening to the Mets and and and, and the Blackhawks last night because I was home. Um I don't think any of us are surprised that he won the sweepstakes. He's very polished. He's very good. He's active online. They, the Hawks love that. Um, I, I'm concerned about what they're doing with John Whiteman, though. Like, yeah, no, like, like, like J- Jason Ross is really good, and I like him. He he was you know one and one a with Vosters in my mind in this pool. I, I think Jason Ross has got a huge future and a great voice. What a great voice he's got, but. They're, they, they, and, and I understand why the Blackhawks want to keep him in the fold, but by taking John Wideman out of the radio booth, from what I can tell against his wishes and against what the Blackhawks fans with, that doesn't set Jason Ross up for success. It pisses fans off, and it takes one of the best radio guys in all of sports out of the booth. I'm not sure what you're doing there. Yeah, it's like if you were just basing this on, I, I think, on skill and, you know, like, I, I and, and just. Weidman could have done the TV and it would, it would have been fine. He did you know, great like in he, the games he, in, in the games he got, and he got the shortest yeah. audition out of any of these guys. They never really gave him a fair chance. Yeah, I, I think they kind of had their mind up that they were. It was gonna. Be, it was gonna be younger. It was yeah. gonna be different. It was, um, yeah, just uh, and it, it was interesting doing the story on Vosters and 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 he and I, I probably wanted to listen to Notebook at some point, but it even talked about like he's still finding his hockey footing like he he's comfortable and, and versatility is one of the reasons that you know he's he's done so well early on in his career because he can jump around from hockey to olympic sports to the baseball yeah um but he's not consistently called hockey and, and done it over a full season and um you know he even said that you know just learning the teams and you know something that pat Folia talked about when when i had breakfast with him but just the grind of it like you you know like i haven't seen you know i think he said i haven't seen the devils in two years and i have to learn all those players and so you you know you're you're learning the teams and um, and, and this, you know, like we also talked about the ways you call hockey. It's pretty similar to radio and hockey where you're, um, you know, you're not letting the pictures do as much of the talking as you would in other sports because it's so fast and you're, you're trying to keep, you know, listeners and watchers kind of up to date where, where the puck's moving in that. So we talked a lot about style. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, yeah, for Whiteman, like he, he like if, it was, if he had done the TV, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, that, that would have been a great decision and, and that made sense and um but for them to not give him the tv and then to say we're gonna cut you back on the radio too like it was this is a guy who like, takes I, a, I, yeah. I i i get it i get it why the blackhawks are doing this and 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 they certainly obviously wanted with jason ross jr involved and um and this is the logical part where you're probably not going to cut chris foster's time right away but yeah it's i um I'm sure John Whiteman won't tell won't, won't tell us anything publicly or on the record, but I'm sure that he's he's frustrated. <laughs> well, he, by... he, he, this is a guy who takes a lot of pride in that he never misses a game. 
Oh, he missed sure, yeah. he missed one game in his like his entire Blackhawks career is because he was in the hospital in Vancouver during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they had a fly yeah. in Judd Surratt to fill in for him because you know Brandon Faber wouldn't let him out of the hospital room because he wanted to go cover the game. Uh, it, it, it's it's got it's got to be eating him up, and it's not it's not it's not fair to him. It's not a good way to treat someone. I know everyone was on one year contracts. That was one of the things that I think Danny Wirtz came in. I, I remember hearing that that everybody was on one year contracts because they wanted to see what the situation was. But John Weideman is universally liked and respected, and Blackhawks fans like him a lot. And I don't know. This just, this just seems like maybe getting a little too cute. Like, like you're fixing something that wasn't broken here. Yeah, it's 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 hard because you have four positions, right? Like, and you have two of each. You have two play by play and two color. And and if you want to make change and you don't want to move people out, then how do you do it? Like, it's yeah, I. I I don't know how they do it, you know, like it's it's I think Jamie Faulkner wanted change and she wanted um, more youthful takes or more just yes, yeah, more difference, you know, and um, and we've seen that even throughout. Obviously, Troy's been sick and you know, but you've seen that with, with Nick Olchek and who does um, a really good job. Too. This is the thing. Almost everyone they brought in was was pretty darn good. Vosters yeah. is terrific. Ross is terrific. Nick Olchek is fantastic. I love it. it it's like. It's like Eddie, but just like a slight change in the timber to the voice, the way that he, he punctuates the words. I love listening to him. He, he knows the game great. He's got great energy. Like all these guys did a really good job. Uh, Kaylee Chelios did a really good job. Like everyone they yeah. brought in has done a really good job. And Kaylee Chelios has made a, a home for herself in the studio, it seems like she's doing a good job there. But I feel like Col- I like Colby her. in the, between the, Col- the glass. Col- Col- right. Yeah. Colby's at his best when he's between the benches. That's like a great spot for his insight into the game when he's kind of at ground level and, you know, able to see things that only a former player can see. Like they've got all these great pieces to work with. Um, and that's a good problem to have, as Joel Quenville would always say. But, um, it's a little clumsy how they've managed some of it. I think is all, and I, I think it'll, it'll it'll get to a good conclusion, but it's it's been a little, st- you know, fits and starts here. I guess the you have all these people who audition, so you bring all these people in, and and you you end up liking more than one. It's like, well, what do you do with it, right? right like, right, like it, it it became complicated. So yeah, I'm curious. I haven't heard kind of what the split is yet, and with Wideman and Jason Ross Jr. and um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see how they have, you know, like when I, Jamie Faulkner told me that she wanted John Wideman in, in different roles, meeting with season ticket holders or, you know, um, sponsors or whatever, too. So it sounds like he's got some meet and greets coming up to, you know, part of this job, too. But yeah, it's, you know, I, I remember doing this story on Wideman, uh, you know, three or four or five years ago, whatever it was. And yeah, the, the, the part of missing games was such a part of, you know, like he took so much pride in that, you know, right. like it just, it's, he's such a, he's a workhorse, pro. Man. yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Like there is, there is a lot of change going on with, uh, with the Blackhawks in a lot of different ways. And, um, yeah, well, how, what 11 games left? 11, 11 games in 20 days starting Sunday. Wow, yeah. yeah. We're almost there. It's going to be a, it's going to be a blitz of meaningless hockey to the end here. Look, and then we, we can start hyping up the, uh, 36th overall <laughs> draft. Pick. They better win the draft lottery for you and my sake. <laughs> <laughs> well, we made it what? 36 minutes or so into this podcast without actually talking about the Blackhawks on the ice. I think that's a, a new personal best for us. Uh, it gives yeah, you an was, idea. Uh, how, gives you an idea of how we're going to approach the beat these last few weeks. I think. Yeah, I, I, I think Derek King is is the same way too. Like last night, he just he was a lo- at a loss. You know, like he he talks so much about how Seattle is going to come in and uh, you know hard on the forecheck and pinch and and the first period like it was seventy three seventeen to three in shots on goal. Like they just the Blackhawks going to get the puck out and 
Um, and he makes a good point. Like he made a good. He's like, there's a lot of guys fighting for their hockey lives. Probably, you know, there's yeah. a lot of guys in the ice, and, and some of it just comes down to they're just not skilled enough. They're not good enough. But um, yeah, I think he's at a point where he's. We've heard less humor after some of these games. <laughs> where just, there's a lot of frustration that's uh, kind of seeped into into him too. That it just it's you know. Uh, they got better as the game went along, but they still they still lost two nothing, and not yeah. to score on a five on three um, uh, against a team with the worst goaltending in the league. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Seattle's looked really good against the Blackhawks this year. I can say that. So, <laughs> um, but, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll figure out how to fill the days in the next few weeks here before we move into off season mode. But um, uh, keep reading. We've got a bunch of stories in the works. Scott and I are both have some big things planned, and uh, we'll, we'll 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 keep your subscription worthwhile. Don't you worry. <laughs> we certainly try. Uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and this is Lazarus and Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. And I know that I can't fix it. I can help even just a little bit. Won't you let me try? As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.